It's Wired, the Pistons podcast, presented by Jeep. Here's your host, Matt Derry. Thank you, John Mason. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Wired, the Pistons podcast, your weekly look at your Detroit Pistons as the Pistons get a couple of days off here before Saturday night's tip at Little Caesars Arena against Utah Jazz. Detroit played a very entertaining game Wednesday night, fought back from double digits down in the fourth quarter to actually take a lead late against the Oklahoma City Thunder before falling by 7, 114-107. We'll discuss Christian Wood and his breakout performance really Wednesday night and just over the last couple of weeks since the trade of Andre Drummond and just how well this big man, undrafted 24-year-old, is playing for your Pistons right now. And we'll do so with Damon Jones. He is our guest this week, the former Piston from 0102, now an ESPN NBA analyst and uh, expert. We'll talk to DJ coming up momentarily here on Wired Pistons, brought to you by our friends at Jeep. What a game Wednesday night. And look, the Pistons are 23 games below 500. It's a rebuild. They've got the fourth worst record in the league. All these things that are that are coming into play. And I read a local story, a local column in one of the newspapers today about oh, ranking the rebuilds and how the Pistons rebuild might be dead last because they got started late. All, all these All these ridiculous things. If Detroit is able to hold on to Christian Wood, and I think they will next season because he will be an unrestricted free agent, as as Dwayne Casey said last night, he's growing before our eyes. It's a guy you want to keep around. And you see the development of some of the younger players, Bruce Brown, Sekou, Svi, guys like that. You'll have Derrick Rose back next year. You'll have Blake Griffin back next year. Um, This this thing under Ed Stefanski and, and this front office... I think has a chance to blossom a lot more quickly than many of you might think. Now, it will take some luck in the lottery, which the Pistons never have had. Uh, you know, in, in all of the years going back to Joe D, Stan, and and obviously now with Ed and his crew, the, the lottery ping pong balls just have not bounced their way. But you know, th- this year going in, they, their odds look like they will be higher to get a and better to get a a, a top three, top four pick. You never know and. And and this franchise needs that pick and has that pick. Something that remember a couple of years ago in trading for Blake they did not have. So um, while this team is losing games, they're playing hard. As Coach Casey pointed out last night, they might be playing so hard, but maybe at times not so smart. But there's some young pieces to build around, and there's some things to get excited about for the future. And again, I can't predict who the Pistons are going to take in the draft. And there's going to be some really good high-end players right there at the top of the draft. But, you know, you hit a home run there. You continue to develop some of these guys. Uh, I I think the Pistons are in in good shape. Always a pleasure to be joined by this guy this week on the Wired Pistons podcast. Former Piston, a legend in my mind, and uh, just such a fun guy to be around. 11-year NBA career, NBA champion as an assistant coach, and now an analyst on ESPN, the great Damon Jones. What's up, brother? Uh, not much, man. Uh, thanks for having me on. It's always a pleasure to be with the Dairy Man. Hey, man, I miss you. I miss you. Now you're big time on ESPN now. Uh, no, I'm not big time, man. Uh, the network has give, given me an opportunity to go out and, you know, uh, talk basketball. And, you know, I'm having a great time doing it. And, and the people at ESPN and Disney has been great. 
You look at what's going on in Detroit, Damon, obviously you're well removed from what went on here, but you were kind of in a similar situation with the team when you when you arrived here for, for the 0-1-0-2 season. Not many people knew what to expect. Rick had the great season, and you guys played well. Pistons now are, are, are kind of rebuilding and, and starting over, sort of similar to that crew back then. How can you compare the two, if at all? Well, I don't, I don't think it's a... Uh, a big comparison because I, I think when we came in, uh, I guess the biggest star that we had on the team at the time was Jerry Stackhouse. Uh, you look at, you know, what the team has now and Blake Griffin, uh, I would say he's probably, you know, uh, at this stage in his career, probably a little bit, has a little bit more notoriety than, than Jerry Stackhouse did. But, you know, we had a lot of blue collar, uh, hard-working guys that just came in and, and grinded every day, and we were able to be successful because of it. And uh, like you said, Rick Carlisle had a great season uh, that year as uh, head coach. So, Rick, uh, one of his guys is Dwayne Casey now running this thing. When you talk about rebuilds and having veteran coaches, is this almost a perfect fit for Detroit moving forward to have, to have Dwayne there? Well, Dwayne's a very, very good coach. And uh, I, I hate to uh, see what has happened to him in the past years, uh, being that, uh, you know, he was uh, coach of the year and then uh, lost his job. But, uh, you know, the Pistons right now are in good hands uh, with Dwayne Casey. He's a, a very good coach. And I think nowadays um, what franchise needs is a guy that can communicate very well with the players and, you know, it's not the, the, the old school coach that we used to have where, you know, it was uh, the coach's way or, or no way. So uh, the Pistons are in good, in good hands with Dwayne Casey. And I think as long as he's there and he's working hard and does the things that he does, I think the Pistons have a, a bright future going forward. How long, Damon, do these rebuilds take um, nowadays, especially in the Eastern Conference? I bet in the West you'd probably tell me it takes longer, but how long do you think this thing can turn right around? Well, I mean, it's a tough situation because you have to be, you have to get lucky, number one, and, and that's, you know, you're not, you're not every day going to find a gen- generational player, but you have to uh, set the tone by having a good draft, uh, trying to uh, key in on some key free agents that is going to, you know, uplift your program uh, and your franchise. And then you just go from there. You know, you have a, a great foundational piece with Dwayne Casey being there with his experience and, uh, as a coach. So you just, you know, look to uh, hopefully the front office make some, uh, great decisions as far as the draft and in free agency. You, know, you mentioned it uh, about luck. The Pistons really haven't had much when it comes to the lottery. The one year they did, they, they took Darko, and we don't have to go through all that again. But, uh, you know, the, the, draft, the, the draft now is really how you build, especially in a market like this, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And you, you, like I said, you have to get lucky. and You have to uh, do your due diligence as uh, far as, uh, who you draft and, and, you know, the characteristics, you know, can they help uh, build the franchise up to a point to where uh, you're back to where you, you, you're you winning uh, Eastern Conference championships uh, like the Chauncey Billups and Rip Hamilton and Ben Wallace 
uh, Tayshawn Prince and that regime, if, if you can find some guys uh, to get you back uh, to where, where you're accustomed to being. ESPN's Damon Jones with me, the former Piston. You mentioned Ben. You know, I'm not comparing these two guys yet, but Christian Wood is starting to come on. The kid's scoring like crazy, 29 points on Wednesday, and and is a big man that all of a sudden looks like a, just a total find by Ed Stefanski that really nobody knew who he was. Now it's a matter of keeping him around. But is it, DJ, those type of guys that, that the Pistons have to kind of find and, and uncover to, to help them win like Ben did? Yeah, I mean, and that's, that's, that's the luck factor that uh, I was referring to. You know, you have to be able to go out and, and find guys that are good culture guys, guys that are going to come in and work hard. And then um, hopefully your program is good at developing those players. And if you can do that, then, you know, your rebuild uh, won't be as long as you, you think it would be. It would come around a lot faster uh, if you have good people uh, in, in your organization. How, how much longer or shorter can a rebuild take based on that? You mentioned uh, one thing I've seen with the Pistons that I don't think t- other people see is this player development staff. You were on the Cavs coaching staff, and, and those guys in the second row can mean everything, uh, right? Yeah, it can, but, you know, it, 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 it totally depends. Like, you know, the player development part of it, you know, I think um, has been drastically overblown because when you – bring in good players that have good work ethic, then those players are going to go out on a daily basis and do whatever it takes to uh, get better and, you know, further their game. Uh, Yes, you could have a coach push them uh, every day to get better, but if that particular player wants to be the best that he can be, then it's easier for a coach um, on that second row to to you know, facilitate the work. I I don't disagree with you at all. I I like how the Pistons have developed some of the young guys. Like you said, the, the Lakers had Svee, they let him go. Svee's a guy that can play a little bit here. Same with Christian Wood, of course, with the Pelicans. Seku's 19 years old. I mean, Damon, how long, you know, do you have to wait for a young kid nowadays to to, to, to develop? At times, looks good, and at times, uh, you know, looks like a boy uh, among men. That that can't be easy for a 19 year old. But those are the type of guys the Pistons need, right? Yeah, of course. And and a prime example of all that is Pascal Siakam. And when he came into the league, nobody knew. I mean, what he was going to be. He thought just you know a guy that played played uh, played hard night in and night out. You know, had some semblance of skill. But now he's turned into an all-star. So that there is the luck part of it, again, uh, to where you just have to get lucky. You know, and you get one or two of those guys, like a Pascal Siakam, and in two years, uh, third year, he blossoms into this all-star player or a most improved player in the NBA. And then, you know, you, you you're off to the races as an organization, and that's and that's pretty much what's happened uh, in Toronto um, since Kawhi Leonard has left. You know, they haven't really missed a beat, and you know the the core guys that they have, Pascal Siakam, emerging as an All Star, uh, keeps them at the top of the Eastern Conference, and and that's just the luck that you have to have to find players uh, of that caliber. 
By the way, going back to 0102, because you were right there in the in the thick of it. When did you know about? When did you know Ben Wallace could be great or, or, or special? Was it early? Was it late? What, training camp? When did you know? Well, I didn't know much about Ben when I got there, but um, <clears throat> over the course of training camp, just watching how he worked, um, you know, always stayed in the weight room, stayed after, you know, working on his game, whether it be free throws or, you know being with Arnie Canner in the weight room, working on his agility, being able to, you know, pound down low at, at a smaller size as far as height is concerned, and just had a knack for rebounding. And, you know, watching him work on a daily basis, everybody had to get in line. And and I think he, he set the tone for the work ethic, him and Michael Curry, uh, and we just followed their lead. Gosh, I remember being in that playoff series in Boston. Remember that in '02? There was that yeah. one. There was the one game. I think it was like a 67-63 final, and all the fans, the Celtic fans, are like, "How the heck?" And they didn't use the word "heck." Did this team win 50 games? I mean that that was a, that was a special year, wasn't it? Yeah, it was really special. And uh, like I said, you know, a lot of great things came together. Uh, Rick Carlisle, you know, winning Coach of the Year. Uh, Corliss Williamson getting sixth man of the year. Uh, ben Wallace, I think he was defensive player of the year that year. And just, you know, it was all around great season. Um, and, uh, you know, the Pistons after that then, you know, started to uh, dominate the Eastern Conference for years after that. So uh, it was good to see and, and glad for, for that organization. What about the league now and, and where it sits as as we're into March and, and get ready for the playoff stretch? Uh, obviously, the Lakers are the talk of the league and always on national TV, and they'll be playing the Clippers this weekend, which will be a lot of fun. But how do you kind of how do you kind of see things right now? Well, I mean, for me, and, and this is something that I've said on air plenty of times that, uh, in my opinion, the Western Conference is a is a two horse race between the LA Lakers and the LA Clippers. I think. Both teams, um, the way that they're built uh, as far as talent, um, role players, uh, coaching uh, on both sides, I think they, they have the upper hand in the Western Conference. And, and in the East, to me, it, it's, a, it's a little bit uh, more up in the air. I know everybody you know, is crowning the Milwaukee Bucks to this point, uh, Eastern Conference champions, but I think there's... Uh, maybe two or three teams that ha- is going to have something to say about that uh, before this thing is is over and done with. And who are those teams in your mind? Uh, the Philadelphia 76ers is one of them. Uh, the Toronto Raptors, uh, being that uh, they're defending NBA champions, and the Boston Celtics. It's interesting with with Philly. We're talking to Damon Jones from ESPN. Everybody's writing Philly off, but. You know, I guess when Embiid and Simmons are healthy and with kind of the drama that's around them, that that could actually spark them a little bit, don't you think? Yeah, I, I just think that 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 team and, and roster is built for the playoffs. And, of course, they're going to have to address their, their issues on the road uh, as far as winning uh, because depending on their seating as of right now, um, I don't think they'll have a home playoffs uh, I don't think they'll have a round where they're four or three at home. So um, they're going to have to address that. But I, I just think that they're 
uh, really talented. Embiid, I think, is maybe the second best player uh, in the Eastern Conference. And if he's dominant, then uh, that that gives the Philadelphia 76ers the best chance to win. So, you know, you were you you were a three point Maven. We used to always kid about that. You look now, Damon, at how the game has changed. You know, you go for a, a two on one used to be a layup or a dunk. Now. You're looking to kick it out. You would have, you would have loved to have played now, right? Oh man, I would have loved to have played in this era. I mean, I would love to to have been in Houston right now with the small ball. I mean, all they're doing is shooting threes, and I, I love, I love it. I love it. <laughs> but there's some people that say that uh, the Rockets are bad for the game, and that it's you know it's too much ISO and and three point shooting. You're 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 a detractor of that statement, huh? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know. I, I've I've said my piece about uh, what I think the Rockets uh, are going to be come playoff time, uh, but I'm not going to keep knocking those guys. I mean, I, I, I like James Harden. I like Russell Westbrook. Uh, I like the innovation of Mike D'Antoni. And for those guys to take the risk that they did, uh, they must know something. So uh, I'm going to hold my my uh, opinion about that. <laughs> until I see what happens in the playoffs. So uh, I wish I wish those guys well. Uh, like I say, I, I like Russell and, and uh, James a whole lot. And uh, so I, I hope they're successful with it. I, I just don't see how. So, but, but the days of the big man, you know, obviously the Pistons shipped Andre Drummond out. I, the days of that classic big man are, are pretty much over, huh? Yeah, I, I think so. I think you 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 going towards uh, what New Orleans is doing with Zion Williamson, that type of guy being your uh, center, a guy that can put the ball on the floor and and play facing the basket, uh, being able to shoot the outside shot. That's that's what the game is going to. But at the end of the day, once the game slows down in the playoffs, then – you know, we're going to see how how much small ball really, really works when the game slows down. You know, right after the Piston game Wednesday night, I watched uh, Luca against Zion. I'll tell you one thing. I could watch the Mavs every night. I, oh, my gosh, that kid is so much fun. Yeah, he is, and he's doing a lot of great things on the basketball floor. I, I just hope that uh, him and Porzingis can stay healthy and, and give the Mavericks their best chance to be successful. Because uh, without one or the other, uh, it's going to be uh, tough sledding for the Mavericks. Happy for you, DJ. Love seeing you on TV, man. It's where you belong. You're doing a great job, whatever you do in the coaching ranks. I know you got that ring, and we miss you from back in the day. We had a lot of fun uh, with you back in 0102. Uh, continued success, my brother. I appreciate it, man. And anytime you need me to hop on this podcast and, and give the fans some enlightenment, just <laughs> let me know. I'm just, I'm a text or a phone call away, buddy. All right, brother. You're the best. All right. All right. Talk to you later. Damon Jones, the former Detroit Piston from the 01-02 season, excellent three-point shooter, 11-plus seasons in the NBA, won a championship as an assistant coach of the Cavaliers in 2016, made it to the finals a few times as a player, just, just a fun, fun guy. And if you go back to that magical 01-02 season, really the beginning of that era, the going-to-work team under Rick Carlisle and then Larry Brown, and then even after that, Flip Saunders. But we used to do the uh, 
Pistons Tonight postgame shows. When, uh, when we first got the team on WDFN, and it was my first year, along with our great crew, Albert Dale, of course, and, and, and Mark, and uh, John Long the first year, then Rick after that, George and everybody, um, we were up at the Terrace Club doing the postgame shows, and uh, we had some awesome guests. And, and Chucky Atkins and Damon Jones were the two guys, the two regulars that year, that came up to, the, to do the show with me. Uh, and, and I became very close with, with Damon, and he's just he's an awesome guy, and he's doing a great job for ESPN as an NBA analyst. We thank him for joining me here on Wired. Don't forget, Pistons back at it. Go on down uh, to the LCA and see Donovan Mitchell and the Jazz Saturday night, a 7 o'clock start at the LCA, and we'll do this all again next week.